This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View. It's Tuesday and I'm here with Sonny Hostin. This is Behind the Table. All right. Hello there, Sonny. We are having a snowstorm in the Northeast at the moment, and you slept in the city. I did sleep in the city. How is that? Is that a good thing? Are you happy to get away? Are you... You know, it was a little tough only because Manny is away Mm -hmm. at this orthopedic conference. Um, So my mom and Paloma, you know, really rely upon me Um, and our dogs. Uh, really our ponies and our chickens. And so you have I, responsibilities. I have a lot of responsibilities. So I have Paloma and my mom kind of like doing all the things that I normally would do. But gosh, that bed at that hotel, I, I, I feel like I want to call the hotel and ask them like where it comes from. Because I feel like I had the best sleep I've had in like months. So I don't know if it was the bed or like so just I, getting away. <laughs> I, I bra- First of all, so for those who aren't paying attention, I haven't been outside since this morning. But there's <laughs> been supposedly six to eight inches coming into the city. Yes. Didn't look that bad this morning. but It looks pretty bad now. Okay, it does. We wanted to get ahead of it because, heaven forbid, we, we don't get snow days here at The View. Exactly. We, we, don't cancel, we do not. Yeah, we don't cancel the show for snow. And I live an hour outside of the city. Yeah, and it, and I was concerned. I had to make sure I got enough people at the table to do yes. the show. So we Actually, hour up. and a half kind of at yeah, the city. I'm staying over tonight for that reason because yeah. I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get home. So I brought a bag and you have to commit to a hotel. But um, I my children are home. My wife is home. Good time. Playing with the dog in the snow. <laughs> I'm a little I'm a little salty about it. I have to be honest with you. I, I was too. Uh, my daughter sent me pictures of the dogs playing outside and I, I love to just kind of play outside with her and we have this steep hill and then we go sledding and, and she still likes to do that and my my son still likes to do that. So I'm a little disappointed in that and I, I just, you know, I cook every night and I, I do miss the family thing and then I have a lot of responsibilities tonight because like last night I went to the Sergio Hudson Fashion Show. Gonna ask. T- today I'm um, doing a piece for Nightline with Juju Chang and then I'm also uh, interviewing Sergio Hudson for Fashion Week. So I'm not going to get home till later, and I'm going to have missed everything. See, there you go. Well, tell me about this fashion show. That's pretty cool, at least, oh, if you're going to be in the so, city anyway. It was yeah. so good. You know, it's Black History Month, and um, a couple of years ago, Fran and I decided that I should try to highlight some black designers. Fran Taylor, our Fran stylist. Fran Taylor, our stylist. And she just—this was before— Sergio Hudson was a thing before the first lady was wearing him. Yes. <laughs> and both first ladies, actually. And she's You're just, an early adapter. I, I was. Well, he says that I was the first oh, on national television. Yeah. And I saw his brand, Fran uh, brought in his clothing. And I mean, it's just gorgeous. His tailoring is exquisite. Um, the fabric is exquisite. And um, he's exquisite. And so I started wearing him. And now he invites me to Fashion Week. As he should. That's great. That's great. And, and Fashion Week is something you've always loved doing? I have. I, I went to a couple of Tom Ford shows. with. I actually went to one with Andre Leon Talley, oh, which was wow. really amazing. But I, I've always loved fashion, as everyone on The View knows. Yes. Um, and I, I used to, as a kid, just look through fashion magazines, never imagining that I could like 
probably ever wear anything mm-hmm. that was in the magazine. But now I, I you know, we don't yeah, you're own a sample it. size. I'm a sample size, <laughs> but we also don't um, we don't own the clothing here. You know, that Frank borrows the clothing, but I get to wear like these incredible creations, and I I I love it so much. And I've I've the show has really given me an opportunity to learn even more about fashion, which is kind of my thing. So I think the most uh, often repeated thing in the hallways of The View is, this looks really good. Should we buy it? Should I, I buy it? Should I buy it? <laughs> That's me. How much is it? <laughs> How much is it? And then I, Maybe I, hear, the, I hear the cost. <laughs> womp, womp. No, I'm not going to be able to buy that No, one. And you really turned uh, Joy into a label person also. She um, is, you, you've had she's, a... I think she surpassed me. Yeah. She looks for sample sales all the time now. Yes. She's she constantly the, floating She them. did it at the table today. I saw it. She's like, uh, do you think we should go to this sample sale? I said, I don't like that design. There we go. <laughs> Now, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. Now, yes. um, this is, you know, we'll do some stuff on The View tomorrow. It'll be a special show. But yes. wh- what are your plans? Are you a fan of the holiday? I, You know, I feel like it's a little manufactured mm-hmm. and Manny's away at an orthopedic conference. But what I will say is this. Um, I think it's really cool for my children. Like, I, I think you can show love to everyone on that special day. So, of course, I've bought things for my mom mm-hmm. and I've bought things for Paloma and I already sent... Um, things to Gabriel at, at school. And so he actually got it a day earlier than I intended. That's sweet. Two days earlier. And he was like over the moon. I sent him, you know, he's like gluten-free and, and dairy-free mm-hmm. and all of that. So I found gluten-free, dairy-free um, chocolate mm-hmm. that Alyssa turned me on to. And I sent him white chocolate, which he seems to be able to eat. And um, I sent him some other, you know, cute things. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I always <laughs> I always kind of like the excuse of Valentine's Day to do stuff. I feel like early yeah. in my relationship it was a reciprocal thing. Now I feel like it's become just the, you know, I get stuff for my wife and she says thank you. But um that's, that's okay. That's that's yeah, yeah. that's kind of, well, I will tell you this. Manny and I aren't like huge gift givers cuz I mean we've been together for 25 years. Sure. So you know, we give each other experiences. So mm-hmm. it's sort of like let's go away here or let's like you know that go and staycation at a great hotel over the weekend. That's always the best gift for me, too. That, I love that's that. what I like. Although, and I like jewelry. Yeah, well, yes, I was going to say, you do enjoy <laughs> some jewelry. But you buy your own jewelry, But I, I buy my own. Yeah, yeah I do. I, uh, I've told this before, but um, one of my my first Valentine's days with my wife, Yes. Um, I went to pick her up for a dinner date, and hmm. I found that she was being dropped off from a daytime date for, with oh. another guy uh, going coming back go from ahead, fashion Heather. week. Go ahead, yeah. Heather. Go ahead, Heather. No, she... Uh, <laughs> She, she made me work for it. It was early in the relationship, but it was a blow. I'm not going to lie. Like, literally, he was dropping her off at her apartment coming back from Fashion Week, and I was picking her up to take her to a Broadway play. It was really, uh... It's, it's, I mean, it's kind of gangster. It's bit. very gangster. <laughs> it's very gangster, and it worked. Because I, I was much. I was suddenly like, who is this guy, and how do I defeat him? And you were, you were much more interested in Heather. Yeah, no, for sure. I know. Everyone wants everyone everyone wants. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Speaking of someone everyone wants, Billy D. Williams was oh, on the show today. Oh, yes. You and I were bonding over our love of Lando Calrissian. Lando Calrissian. See, we're both sci-fi fantasy exactly. people. Exactly, yes. A lot of people don't know that about me. I was... And I, about you. And he looks exactly like this, he's supposed to look. It's, it's just... It's Lando Calrissian. Yeah, I was like, whoa. What have we here? Yeah, we're in the Cloud City. Princess Leia. Yeah, it was... I want to be welcome to the Cloud City. I think so. I think <laughs> you should have gotten a kiss on the hand at the very least. I should have. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I should have. Yeah, I would have been good. I did take a picture with I him, came though. very close to wearing a blue cape today. I'm glad I didn't. But um, And then I mentioned this before, but uh, Brian's song, which we talked about a little yes. bit. Yes. I was named after that movie. My really? fa- It was my father's favorite movie. 
That's as, amazing. And, uh, it came out in 1970. I was born in 1976, but that's why they oh, wow. did Brian. Um, it's a sad no, movie, but it's a great movie. He's a legend. He's an icon. My dad kind of looks like Billy D. Williams. Really? And so when we were growing up, people would call him Billy D. Yeah. And so I grew up just watching his movies, Mahogany, amazing, Lady Sings the Blues, amazing. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, because I'm I'm a sci-fi person, Lando Calrissian, I believe he was the first black character. I think in Star Wars, I think he I was. I believe he and, was. Um, and, you know, Star Trek had horror Star, yes. and stuff like that. But, but I think that, yeah. Not he was, in Star Wars. No. Yeah. And then, and the crazy thing is, I mean, they have creatures. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and no black people. <laughs> they had no black people. Creatures, but no black people. And I they've just, gotten better. I, they've gotten much better. <laughs> but I loved it so much to see that as a little girl mm-hmm. that I just, I like... Yeah, I couldn't get enough. Yeah, no, I he, and he was cool. Although he did betray everybody to Darth Vader, but well, well, he had to because he was saving Cloud City. Yeah, I know, and they he and redeemed then, himself and then he later. Himself yeah, he, he did. He, he saved Han. And he he saved blew him. up the Death Star. It's fine. <laughs> All right, now talking about our show. Last week you had a big week because you're finding your roots episode aired, and there were some surprising <laughs> re- surprising revelations about your yes, family. Yes, you found out that you were it's too, despite it's a little too soon. Too soon to okay, go back into this. We, well, it's fine. The takeaways ahead. were among other things. <laughs> You're only 7% indigenous Puerto Rican, which is not what you expected. And yes. that your fourth great-grandfather was a Spanish merchant who was likely involved in the slave trade. I know well, this he, was... He, 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 Skip blunted it a little bit. He was involved in the okay. slave trade. In fact, the, that was the business of the family. That was yes. a family business, yes. Has there been fallout from this for you? Of course. Yes. But the, the funny thing is that the fallout is dumb, mm-hmm. right? So I have all the, the, the crazies on uh, social media. I'm not reviewing it. My mother is, mm-hmm. which she should stop. Um, because Skip said that she was deeply white. Yes. Um, and we consider ourselves deeply Puerto Rican, sure. half Puerto Rican and half black. What most people don't understand is like Puerto Rico is that conglomerate, right? It's sort of yeah. Spaniards, the conquistadores who went to Puerto Rico with mm-hmm. slaves. Then this African part, because they intermingled with their slaves. And then the indigenous people, the Tainos. Right that are native to Puerto Rico. And so it is not surprising. I don't know why it surprised me so much that I am Spaniard, Mm -hmm. indigenous and African American. So it completely tracks. Um, And I grew up with a fair haired, light eyed mom with sisters that look the same and cousins that look the same. But because Puerto Rico has that history, I think I believed I was a little more Taino because mm-hmm. my grandmother had this jet black hair, um, even though everyone else had fair hair. So I just assumed she was native. And it turns out her family, while part native, also was in the slave trade. So I have these idiots on social media, you know, the trolls, sure. with the keyboard courage, saying that now I should pay reparations to everybody. What they're failing to see is that my father's entire family were sl- enslaved and then were sharecroppers. Yes. Okay. So, like, I'm still owed half of reparations. Right. So am I going to give up the fight for racial justice? No, everyone. Am I going to give... Uh, up, you know, the fight for reparations. No, because I'm still owed reparations. Right. The as idea that is this my is, community. The, the idea that this is a gotcha moment for I people know. is ridiculous. It's so yes. ridiculous. Right. It hasn't changed the way you feel about any of these things. No, I am half Puerto Rican, yes. part Spaniard, mm-hmm. indigenous, and I'm also my African American side. Um, instead of being from West Africa predominantly, which is where most of the slave trade occurred. 
um, we're uh, Senegalese and from the Congo. Mm -hmm. So that was like a really cool thing to to learn. And I also learned that I have a third great-grandfather on my father's side who, when he immediately got the uh, right to vote, voted nine times in a row. And the first time they voted with an X because he was illiterate, because black people weren't allowed to be educated, he was threatened uh, by the KKK to be lynched. And he kept on going. Yeah, you showed me the voter yeah. uh, records, and it's really it's very incredible to see. Yeah. And my family does make fun of me because I will vote for anything. Mm-hmm. If there is a special election in my little town, I will vote for constable. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important. And I drag everyone. I'm like, Manny, don't forget, I know that like you're leaving at like 6 o'clock, but you need to like at least get home in time because you've got to vote. And he's like, what, for constable? I'm like, yes. My wife does the same for thing. For constable. <laughs> Vote, vote, vote. Yeah, Heather, Board of Ed, whatever yeah, it is, anything, get in there, do it. Yep. Do it. And so I sort of feel like, you know, maybe that's my ancestor. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it. And there's no regrets. You're happy to know everything about. I'm I'm very happy to know it. And there's no surprise that the Spaniards um, were conquistadors, although mm-hmm. I will tell you because my husband's was born in Spain and his mother was a Spaniard, I did make a lot of colonial jokes I've retired them now mm-hmm. because now we have a shared heritage. Yeah. So Manny gets a break. All right. Well, there you go. So now, uh, <laughs> did Manny enjoy that? <laughs> he did. He actually said, are the colonizer jokes now going to be retired? And I said, yes. Yes. All right. Well, it's there over. you go. So at least something good came out of this for Manny, <laughs> if nothing else. No more colonizer jokes. We'll be right back after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You also talked about on the show about the revelations about your other grandfather. Yes. Yes. That was tough. Yeah. It was really tough on my dad. You know, my, my dad had a, uh, is the best father in the world that I could have asked for. I don't think I could have asked for a better father. Always present. So present in my kids' life lives. And um, he had a terrible relationship with his father. And he felt that his father hated him. And there were two of them, brothers. And his younger brother... His father was really nice to his younger brother, and he never understood why, as the eldest, he was treated cruelly. It was actually quite cruelly. And as it turns out, my he used to ask my grandmother for his birth certificate 
And she said she didn't have it. Well, Skip Gates, thank you for this, Skip. Uh, he finds everything, found his birth certificate, and there was no name under father. It was blank. And my father's was given my grandmother's name, mm-hmm. but his brother was given this other man's name. And so it tracked that that wasn't his father, and that's why he didn't treat him well. Right. And the boys were only, uh, my father and his brother were only a year apart. So um, we found out that my father's real father was actually alive um, at 96. And my father always thought he was going to die early because that side of the family with this fake father um, died early. And so now he feels like he's living forever. Well, good. And so that was the one like kind of great thing. And now I I have five uh, uncles and aunts and he has five brothers and sisters he didn't know about. And um, we're, you know, little by little establishing a relationship. One of the sad things is that uh, my father wanted to see his father in person and the family wasn't ready for it. They felt that he was too fragile. Mm-hmm. And so we Zoomed with him and didn't we? they didn't want us to tell them that it was my, my father was his son, his eldest son. And uh, he died about two weeks later. Oh, so we so never, never knew. No. And my father never got to see him in person. And I But he did get to see him. That's he something. got to see him and they looked just alike. Of course. He didn't look at all like the other father. Um, but it pains me that mm-hmm. the family prevented that reunion. So that's something that hopefully in the future we'll be able to get past. Well, it, it is interesting. I mean, you know, you want I, I always think Knowledge is a good thing. Yes. I, I think so. Yeah. And it can be hard and it can be messy. Yes. But I think you're always better served. You are. And this country has a messy history of enslaving uh, people. And I'm part of that history. But I'm not giving up the reparations argument, people. So can you stop? Yeah. It doesn't change your feeling about what's right and what's wrong and what's owed and what's not. No. Yeah. And I'm still owed half reparations now. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was always only owed half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we have an interesting listener call for you from Sheldon. Let's take a listen. Okay. My question is, if Sonny could go back to being a prosecutor, um, picking a case in either current or in recent, which case would she like to uh, have prosecuted? Mm. And if she could pick one of The View's co-hosts to be her co-counsel, who would she pick? (laughs) Thank you. I uh, love the podcast. It's a part of me and my wife's daily routine. Oh. Well, that is an easy question for me. Oh, really? Yes. I would prosecute George Zimmerman oh, in the okay. Trayvon Martin case, mm-hmm. and I would win. That's a personal thing I for you. I never yeah. lost a case. Mm-hmm. I think I would have won that case, hands down. Wow. I'm not, no, no shade to right. those prosecutors because I met them, and I thought that they did as well as they could. I think they were a bit outlawed. I don't mm-hmm. think I would have been. Mm-hmm. And because she is so passionate about everything and so quick-witted and so funny, I would have Joy Behar give the uh, either opening statement or closing. Or closing. <laughs> yeah, closing argument. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'd I like sure to would. see that. I sure would. Yeah, Joy I, would probably be my pick, too. Yeah, um, Trayvon is a—that was a special case for me. I, I That's where I sort of got my journalistic chops. Right. And I covered it, and it changed my life. And I found my voice— and I got very close to um, uh, Trayvon's mom. I saw a lot of myself in her. I saw a lot of my son in Trayvon. And I think a, a, a great injustice was done um, 
with that verdict. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Do you miss being a, a prosecuting attorney? Every day. Yeah. It's a different life. Not that I don't like the view. Sure. <laughs> if you were pre-tapes when you're a prosecutor. Yeah. Um, but no, I just, it's it's like, I feel like you're doing the Lord's work. And I, and I mm-hmm. prosecuted child sex crimes. Right. And I, I did homicides too and stuff, but it's just like the Lord's work. And you're like riding in on that horse and you're, you know, you're representing the United States of America as a federal prosecutor. So I, and I, I got to tell you, I'm not, I'm still, I kept all my bars current, mm-hmm. except for Jersey. I just let Jersey go because I'm what not going to practice in Jersey, but mm-hmm. I kept everything else active and um, even my Supreme Court bar membership. And I, I'm not like canceling out the possibility of maybe getting involved uh, right. again. Options I'm, are I'm open. still as sharp as I was before. I know the law. I taught evidence as a professor. I'm good. All right. We have another, we have a listener text for you. This is from Jake in Baltimore. And he writes, what are some of your favorite memories of living in Baltimore? Oh, I love living in Baltimore. Well, I have two. Mm -hmm. I met my husband in Baltimore. (laughs) (laughs) I met him at St. Philip and James Church. um, And he was going to Johns Hopkins. He was in his final year of medical school. And I was clerking for Chief Judge Robert Bell, who was the... um, first African-American um, chief judge, and he's the first uh, judge who served on all four courts in Maryland. And so um, that was, I'm filled with pride uh, having been his law clerk, and I learned more than I could have ever imagined. Um, he graduated like first in his class at Harvard Law School. He was absolutely brilliant, taught me how to write. Um, I think my books do well because Judge Bell taught me how to write, actually. And I when I was testifying in front of Congress, he actually helped me. Uh, he reviewed everything. Everything was always wrong to him. but um, And we disagreed a lot. And my other memory is that um, I bought my first home in Baltimore. I was about 28. Oh, wow. And Baltimore had this wonderful program that matched any FHA first-time home buyers' um, funds that you got. And so I... You know, I was on a prosecutor's salary. Sure. And so I wasn't making a lot of money. But I, I, I understood the notion of um, generational wealth, and I understood the notion of home ownership that had been um, so elusive for the black community. So I bought a brownstone in uh, Baltimore, and after saving for a couple years, and with that, that program, that matching program fund in Federal Hill— in oh, Baltimore, wow. Maryland. And it, if you looked, if you got on the roof, because I built a rooftop deck, you could see the water. And it was just so amazing to actually be a homeowner. And my next door neighbor, Javita, um, was my one of my bridesmaids. We became best buddies. And, um, you know, we're still friends today. Oh, well, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. My memories of Baltimore just involved going to Orioles games at Canton Yards, which I enjoyed, and hanging out in the Inner Harbor oh. beforehand. Oh, you know what? And I also cover it for CNN, the um, unrest after Freddie Gray's death. Oh, right. And that was a huge, um, also sort of my journalistic Kind of chops. a pivotal moment for you. It was yeah. pivotal for yeah. me. Yeah, sure was. Wow. All right. Well, we learned a lot today. This is really good. Thank you. For... And I met my, my, my two best friends, two of my best friends. One is the former mayor of Baltimore. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, the former mayor of Baltimore, Stephanie Rawlings-Blake, Tamika Tremalio, who was uh, executive director of the NBA Players Association, and my other friend Regina still lives in Baltimore. She's the head of my production company, 
and uh, we were we're all lawyers. All right, I like it. We'll yeah. have to do a field shoot in Baltimore. I at know. Some point. I think so. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you for joining me, Sonny. Thank uh, you. Tomorrow we have a special episode. The mics kept recording during our commercial break recently, and you'll hear the co-host answer questions from our studio audience. It is unfiltered and <laughs> hilarious. My blood pressure raises and drops several <laughs> times throughout this, so please tune in. And as always, the number to call or text us with questions is right here in the episode description. One quick programming note, on Monday, Behind the Table will be dark for President's Day. There'll be a new View episode, but no Behind the Table. We'll be back on Tuesday with another new podcast episode. Thanks for listening. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.